0: You know, they talk about the news.
1: And you have to respect
0: them for that. You're listening to Right On Radio. You know, I am so glad that I've added the life of illusion into the intro of this show because life truly is an illusion and ultimately that's where we're we'll going with today's show. Uh, today's show is going to be extremely revealing to you. Uh, there is so much to this and I'm just going to say for those of you who are new to the channel, welcome. My name is Jeff. The tagline of the show is live right in the real world where we show you what is real, both visible and invisible, and then you decide how to live life in it. For those of you who have been with the broadcast for at least the last several months um, and you endured, I really mean that uh, word in the greatest sense, endured the series that I felt obligated to do on alchemy, well, I think there's going to be a payoff in this particular broadcast. And uh, my guest has a fascinating story and it speaks to so many things about how the occultists love numbers and different things and how he was chosen and brought into situations directly with people planning the Malaysian Airlines mystery light that uh disappeared, and I think you're gonna find it fascinating. Uh, ever since these experiences, my guest Boyd Anderson has really dedicated himself to finding deeper and deeper truths. And even in just in my conversation with him yesterday, wow, I could talk to this guy for a long time, so expect him back on the broadcast because there's many different topics that uh i think we're going to be able to cover together uh so without further ado let me bring on my guest mr 537 boyd anderson welcome to right on radio boyd
1: hi jeff thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to tell my story it's a true story um i want to start off with a uh A quote from the Bible, uh, Ephesians 5.11, and here we go. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness, instead expose them. So that's what I'm here to do. Um, I wanted to mention, for those of you that are listening just audio and not video, Uh, I'm going to show my book. It's titled Under the Radar, 537-555. Very significant numbers, which I will explain today the meaning of those numbers. On the back, you will see, and hopefully you can see this, Jeff, can you see that? I can. That's the Masonic cube or the Saturn cube. And those numbers, there's only nine numbers in the world. So they're numbered from one to nine. And the way they're arranged in that square, when you add them up in any straight line, vertical, horizontal, or diagonal, they add up to 15. And in numerology, they always take it down to the single digit. So one plus five is six. This is how they get the six, six, six. I happen to be born on the Ides of March, the 15th, which are the middle three, the five, five, five in the middle. My hockey record is five goals in three minutes and seven seconds, which I'm going to explain. But you'll see those are the middle numbers across the center, five, three, seven, okay? The numbers that changed the course of American history, which
0: I'm going to get to real quick. And and just just before you do, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want, for those of you who are watching on video, can you show the thickness of that book? (laughs) Because that is not... (laughs) There is a lot of information, and where can people find that book?
1: Oh yeah, that's it's on. I sell it on Amazon and, and Kindle, and I also have about seven hundred copies in my inventory. I, I ship them all over, and how you can get a book and also a beautiful bookmark. This is the line, the hockey line that I played on in Medicine Hat, Alberta. That's the top junior league in Canada. I played alongside Lanny McDonald, who is the chairman of the board of the Hockey Hall of Fame today, and Tom Lysiak, who went number two in the draft that year. Tommy was the only guy other than Bobby Clark to win the Western Canada Hockey League junior scoring race two years in a row. Okay, so when I played with them, we had the highest scoring line in Canada in junior hockey. We went to the Memorial Cup in Montreal that year. But earlier in the year, Lanny got five minutes for fighting. So back then, we played 4-4, and I proceeded to score the fastest five goals in history, which I don't think will ever be broken. It's uh, five goals in three minutes and seven seconds. Now, I scored those goals on October the 7th, which happened to be Vladimir Putin's 20th birthday. He was born October 7th, 1952. And also just passing, this past October 7th, 2023 was when Netanyahu declared war on Hamas. And it was also the 50th anniversary for the Yom Kippur War, okay? So it's quite significant number. And uh, so right now I'd like to get into my, uh, my video. Uh, I'm going to just say one other, th- couple other things here. I believe that, you know, there's no higher religion than the truth. Okay. And I'm here about the truth. I'm all about the truth. And today I'm going to show you, I, I was, uh, you know, given in 2008, I'll let the video talk, but I'll just, uh, this is a four, uh, uh, pre education here, I was given the 16-year plan for the New World Order back in 2008, in July of 2008. Uh, It kicked in in 2009. That's when Bitcoin came on the market. So we're into the last year, and uh, I'll explain that after we watch this video. So bear with me. I'll put this video on Normal speed, and then I'll speed it up to one and a half here, to, so we can uh, uh, get to some questions at the end. But I'm going to interrupt once
0: in a while, okay? And just for the listening audience, uh, when Boyd and I were discussing yesterday, we decided to play the. So he did this uh, videotape of his testimony, and it's just it's a really good, concise way uh, because with with someone like me, we could go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes, and this is a good way to get his story out, yeah. uh, and then we'll comment after but if you have if you've ever seen boyd before on an interview um and you've seen this information before hold on buckle up buttercup because he's never been on a show like right on radio before and wait to hear where this thing goes <laughs> he doesn't even know where it's going to go yet but it's going to get wild yeah. i want to me. mention i want to mention i did this video
1: by myself in october of 2018 that's uh, what six years ago, and I, I didn't know how to edit it, so I made a couple of boo boos. I mentioned Bitcoin will crash at the end of the year. What I meant to say, Bitcoin will crash at the end of two thousand twenty-four, I believe. Um, uh, you know, there's a couple of options there. If they bring Trump back, it might go on for seven years, but I, I, I have my doubts about that. But anyway, I also want to say. Um when I, I talk about the Kraken, release the Kraken, that was in the 20-page the document that they showed me in the New World Order 16-year plan. And, of course, Donald Trump's uh, uh, lawyer, Sidney Powell, released it on the winter solstice of 2020. Uh, 2020 represents the twins because this is all about the twins. And also, um, I mentioned that they released the Kraken on Ethereum. And in my video here that you're gonna to listen to, I said it, it happened. Ethereum it was $10 uh, at Christmas time of 2016. And by June of 2017, it had risen to $388. So, uh, and when they released the Kraken, uh, it dropped down to 10 cents and then back up again to $388 in two seconds so in my video i said it, it happened in 2016 but it actually they tested it out in 2017. okay
0: sounds good hit play sir
1: here we go oh it's a wrong video oh no go. 537. okay the number of votes that changed the course of american history florida is too close to call the difference between what was and what could have been so this year if you're thinking that your vote doesn't count that it won't matter well back then there were probably at least 537 people who felt the same way make your voice heard vote
0: i'm barack obama and i
1: approve this message so now i'm going to tell you my story uh back in 1972-73 I was playing hockey for the Medicine Hat Tigers in the WHL. That's the top junior league in Western Canada. Um, I played alongside Lanny McDonald and Tom Lysiak. One night, October 7th, 1972, Lanny was actually in the penalty box. I scored five goals in three minutes and seven seconds. Now, this is a record that nobody will ever break. In fact, if you divide five into 187 seconds, you'll get one every one goal every 37.4 seconds. So my hockey career, um, I, I ended up getting drafted by the New York Rangers, and I played a couple of years in the American League, but I got kind of sidetracked with an agent by the name of Richard Sorkin, which I won't get into too much detail. I ended up playing in Europe. I played in five different countries, and then I got into sales when I was around 30 years old. I ended up in 2006 getting into what they call quantum biofeedback medical devices. The device dealt on the principle that everything is energy. Everything has a frequency. It was a device where you hooked up your wrists, your ankles, and your head with wires that hooked up to a, a box of frequencies and then into a laptop laptop. The software was very diversified and it would show the body's turning. And it was a diagnostic and a therapeutic device. It helped thousands of people all over the world. And I was put in charge of sales for the province of Ontario and Canada, 12 million people. I knew from my past sales experience that if I could tap into the ethnic groups that I could sell a lot of these, these biofeedback devices, it was not regulated back in 2006. So first of all, I tapped into the Filipino community, the Chinese, the Russian, the Polish. And I was selling five or six a week. They were selling for $20,000 a piece. And one thing led to another. And one evening, a Lebanese Syrian gentleman came in with his girlfriend. His name was Tarek, and his girlfriend's name was Nancy. And after an hour of presenting the product to them, Tarek said, my brother's got to see this thing. I said, where does your brother live? His name was Jihad, and they lived, he lived in Dubai. He, formerly, there's a large Lebanese Syrian community in Ottawa, so that's where they were all from. But Jihad had, I guess, had enough of Canada, and he moved back to Dubai to live with his uncle. Their last name was Sharif. And they were close friends with the Bin Laden family, which has the largest construction company in the Middle East. So within three months, Jihad in Dubai helped me get a contract with a Saudi sheik that was in charge of all the health and food for Saudi Arabia. He wanted to start a thousand wellness clinics throughout the Middle East and put a device into each location. So I went. I I moved to Dubai. I sold everything. I had a, a penthouse in Waterloo at the Seagram Barrels Warehouses. And I ended up selling everything and moving to Dubai in 2007. I was 53 years old. My book is titled... Under the radar, 537-555. So throughout the story, you're going to hear the significance of those numbers, 537 and 555. When I moved to Dubai, I got introduced to Thomas. He was an established middleman that had long been long, for a long time, been working with the Saudis. And he took a shine to me. I mean, he asked me if I want to go for lunch the first day I met him. And immediately started talking about over 55,000 tons of coal sitting on a military base in Thailand. I said, Thomas, come on, where did it come from? He says, well, I believe it came from the Shah of Iran, And in 1979, when the Ayatollah took over, they moved it to a military base in Thailand. Now, in 1979, 79 is the atomic number for gold. There's a lot of coincidences in this story as we go along. I could tell Thomas was infatuated to want me to believe him. And he started showing me photos of all his gold. In the pictures, I saw a guy standing in the, in the middle of all the gold in Thailand. I said, who's that? He says, oh, that's Richard, my partner. I said, really? I said, Richard who? He said, Richard Libel. I said, Richard Libel. I said, hmm, that sounds familiar. Is he from Canada? He said, yes. I said, is he from Saskatchewan? And he said, yes. And I said, you know what? My father told me about Richard Leibold. I said, what a coincidence. I said, I haven't been back to Saskatchewan since I was 15, and now I'm 53, and you're telling me about Richard Libel in Saskatchewan as your partner. Well, my father told me that Richard Leibold got deported out of Canada for fraud and bringing in Asian money illegally. He actually put the water slides into Kenosi Lake, where we had a cabin. He was actually married to a friend of mine's cousin. So it was quite an unbelievable coincidence. Anyway, he actually also started the Willows Golf Course in Saskatoon with a partner by the name of Rich Schaefer. Anyway, I had many, a few conversations with Richard throughout that year, 2007. I spent every day with Thomas. My deal with the Saudis never did go through. And the reason was Quantum Alliance, who I worked for, had told everybody that it was a Class II medical device in Canada, but it turned out to be fraudulent. They had paid a guy in England to attach the medical device that I was selling to an existing Class II medical device. that had nothing to do with biofeedback. So unfortunately, the Saudis put my deal on hold. So here I was in Dubai in 2007. It was September. I didn't have a whole lot of money. I had just sold my condo, but uh, due to my uh, tax situation, I ended up having to pay the government a lot of the equity that was in it. So I was in Dubai with a couple of credit cards and $10,000 living in a hotel, hanging out with Thomas every day. Now, Thomas kept intriguing me with this gold and kept asking me, you know, do you know so-and-so in Saskatchewan of all places? Here I am halfway around the world. He's asking me if I know... R. B. Schmidt in Saskatoon, who has a big grow-up. Um, he asked me if I knew the Hill family. He said he had strong contacts in uh, Yorkton to this day, Yorkton, Saskatchewan. But I didn't know any of these people because I had left home when I was very young. Throughout the year, I, uh, I met many people, a lot of sheiks. I also was, got, you know, was asked if I wanted to fly over to Turkey to hook up a politician and and a, and a surgeon. So I, I'm just. Are you okay if I stop it, Jeff? I had a girlfriend, Grace. Who was yes, yes, nice. of course, anytime. I just uh, can I talk? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, okay. you're you're live. I just mentioned. Um, uh, I just want to mention Saskatchewan for a minute. A lot of people don't realize that uh, Samuel Bronfman, when he came over from the border of the Ukraine and Moldova in around 1900, he settled in Wapella, Saskatchewan about 10 miles north of where I ended up when I was 12 years old. And uh, they started the liquor business. Bronfman in Yiddish means liquor man. And uh, they started the uh, liquor business with Al Capone uh, out of the Belmoro Hotel in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Now, the queen died at the Belmoro Castle in Scotland. Um, They blended 55 different blends of whiskey to create crown royal whiskey for the Queen of England. And they, you know, the mafia, the mafia really started in the prohibition days in the, in the twenties. And uh, this was the relationship between Chicago uh, Al Capone, his home away from home was Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. This is where they have the underground tunnels And they brought all their they had all the farmers here creating moonshine on their land, on their farms. And then they would pick it all up and put it on the Sioux line, a railway direct from Estevan, Saskatchewan. That's right near the border of the United States. And it would have it had a direct railway right to Chicago. Okay, so that's very important. Because when you look at Trudeau, his finance manager, in his, uh, when, he, when he ran for prime minister, was the grandson of Samuel Bronfman, was Stephen Bronfman, okay? So here we go. Flew over to Dubai, and together we flew to Turkey, and we were picked up in a black Mercedes by a gentleman by the name of Fuat, and uh, took us right over to Erdogan's office. He was vice president at that time. Of course, I knew nothing about politics, and quite frankly, I was just trying to sell medical devices I really uh, didn't know how the world functioned. I had no idea who Erdogan was or what his rank was, but it turns out I shook hands with him and Grace hooked him up to the biofeedback for about an hour and I sat in the lobby, talked to Fuat who told me Erdogan's, or Erdogan's uh, whole background, how he was a professional football player in, in Istanbul and also he became mayor of Istanbul and then he got into politics. So after we hooked up Erdogan, we shook hands, said goodbye. Then we went to the main hospital, the biggest hospital in Istanbul and hooked up the top surgeon, the device, the the CEO or the EPFX biofeedback device was quite subtle. So, you know, both Erdogan and the top surgeon kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, well, think about it. So Grace went back to Toronto and I went back to Dubai. And again, I hung out with Thomas every day. Now, I overheard a lot of conversations. I used to sit in his office playing backgammon on my laptop. And he would uh, he carried two cell phones, one in his right pocket and one, of, one in his left pocket. And he said to me, "Boy, and this is his quote, I work for the Swiss Jews, meaning namely Mark Rich. I didn't have a clue who Mark Rich was. He also... Used to talk about Barrett Gold, Peter Monk, the owner. He mentioned Eric Sprott, the Canadian gold guru. Harry, Harry Hara Huko I can't pronounce his name. Harry Huko, Kuroda the CEO of the Bank of Japan, came to visit him two or three times that year. I had no idea who he was at the time. I used to sit in the lobby and talk with his wife, and she mentioned that they owned a house in Vancouver. Um, as the year went on, got, getting into 2008, now in the spring, I was sitting in Thomas's office, and again he kept talking about trying to get this gold down to Perth, Australia, okay? That was the main, his main goal, was to get this 55,000 tons of gold that was 99.99% purity. It was ancient gold, it came from the Shah of Iran, and it sat on a military base for over 45 years in Thailand. And the idea was to, to try to get the first two tons out on a passenger plane down to Perth, Australia, where the world gold mint is. Because he always said, "Boy, once you remelt gold, nobody can prove where it came from. As I listened more carefully to his conversations, both of his phones would ring every so often. He always said the one in his right pocket, was hooked up to the Swiss Jews, meaning the Jewish bankers, um, and I never knew who the, the other phone was hooked up to. But I overheard conversations where, with with Richard especially, where you know, you know, they'd have to try to find a pilot to put on a simulator, so they could, you know, possibly take the plane up to forty-five thousand feet, cut off the oxygen, and all the passengers would die of asphyxiation. And quite frankly, I didn't know whether to believe it or not. Um, I thought it was all legitimate. They were just trying to sell the gold off at a twenty percent discount. One day, Hussein shizwani walked in. Now, Thomas, from the time I met him in September, would never stop talking about Hussein Suzwani. Hussein Suzwani was a very successful real estate developer in Dubai. And he came in to see Thomas four or five times when I was there. I actually hooked him up to the biofeedback device a couple of times trying to get him to invest into my biofeedback business uh, because I was just not selling any in Dubai. I attended the largest health show in, in the Dubai International Center and I hooked up tens of people to my biofeedback, but just never sold any. Hussein Suzwani was uh, very interested in the gold. Uh, in fact, Thomas, time and time after time, would try to convince Sizwani to invest into the Gulf, And they were talking five, six hundred million dollars. Um, so later in the year, Thomas mentioned that he had just gotten back from laundering or washing about ten thousand dollars worth of marked bills from another group of extremists in the Middle East. And it was a ten thousand dollar sample of a twenty million dollar uh, package of, of American dollars that were all marked because he said he was an alchemist and he knew the procedures of cleaning money. Which kind of surprised me because he was he wore a keeper under a baseball hat. He prayed twice a day. Um, so I, I just took the assumption that maybe he was a Jesuit. I wasn't sure. Um, later in the summer, uh, Mark Rich, Mark Reich, as he pronounced it, came to Dubai. This was Thomas's banker. And Thomas mentioned many times, Boyd, I'm gonna set up a Swiss bank account for you. I'm gonna have Mark, my banker from Zurich, come to Dubai and set up a Swiss bank account. Because once we get this gold, you know, we're going to be rich. We're gonna have a lot of money and they'll deposit it right into your Swiss bank account. So about the middle of July, 2008, Mark Reich came to Dubai. He stayed at the Marriott just down the road. And Thomas and I and another gentleman by the name of Dimitri uh, met Mark at the bottom of the, of the Marriott, at the sports bar at the, at the bottom of the Marriott just down the street. Now, Mark Reich he pronounced himself with a German accent. Uh, I had no idea who he was. I thought he was a, a depressed banker that just lost his job because he looked rather melancholy. He, he, he lit up a big Cuban cigar. And I just sat and listened. Now, for those of you who understand who Mark Rich is, pardoned by Bill Clinton in the last hour of his presidency, he formed a company called Glencore, which I'm going to get into heavy today. But um, I just wanted to say, um, uh, whoa, 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 what else do want to say here? I'll, I'll just keep going. Sorry. Listen to the conversation. Um, the only thing I did say was, um, are, we, are you going to get the money or excuse me, are you going to get the gold out of Thailand? And he simply looked at me and said, yes. So around this time, a year had gone by and I was actually running out of uh, cash. So I said to Thomas, listen, I got to get back to Canada, but I am going to stop into Bangkok on my way back to visit Richard. So about a day before I left Dubai, around the end of July in 2008, Thomas hands me a 20 page document in an envelope that hadn't even been opened. And he said, here, have a look. So I took it outside and I, I opened the envelope and it was about a 20 page document all about Bitcoin. Of course, this is before Bitcoin came on the market. It was all about the blockchain, the ledger on the Internet that the bitcoins run on and the fact that the Swiss Jewish bankers have the code. Um, it talked about Brexit, how England was going to separate from the European Union. This is eight years before it happened. It talked about ISIS. Um, I forgot to mention that in April of 2008, uh, Thomas asked me to leave the office for a few minutes. That he had a meeting. And as I was walking out, al-Baghdadi was walking in with three other Arabs. Now, I didn't know who he was at the time, but I definitely recognize him uh, today as I uh, see his picture all over the, the newspapers. So when I questioned Thomas, you know, after the meeting with al-Baghdadi, I said, who are those guys? He says, oh, just some extremist, no big deal. He just shrugged, shrugged it off. So now I want to mention, too, during that 2007, 2008, I would spend almost every day in Thomas's office, which was being paid for by the, the ruler of Saudi Arabia. But when, when I was there, I, I... I met like Mohammed bin Salman, the ruler today. I, he probably came in 12 times when I was there. And I, didn't, I was never formally introduced, but we, we'd wave at each other. And, and uh, later I found out when I was writing my book that he had just completed his education at the University of Cairo. And now he was also getting heavily involved with the 16-year plan uh, that I read. The day before I left Dubai, in the end of July 2008, um, after reading this 20-page this document, it was all about, again, Bitcoin, the blockchain, how they have the code, which means they can steal your money, Kraken, release the Kraken, which I'll get to in a, in a few minutes, uh, the creation of ISIS, um, Brexit, they talked about the election in 2016 in the United States, they talked about interest rate hikes that we're seeing today that will continue to go on. And the fact that they they want to try to disrupt the economy in the united states so with this information um thomas i handed him back the envelope and he said oh by the way boyd we, richard just found a pilot from malaysian airlines to put on a simulator so without hesitating i said well what are you gonna give him he says oh probably 10 million u.s and a villa in bali so honestly i didn't know whether to believe this story or not but i popped on a plane the next day to canada via bangkok and i got off in bangkok i spent five days I visited with Richard for three of them, and he basically confirmed everything. He knew about my hockey record, five goals in three minutes and seven seconds, because that became my number. Five, three, zero, seven had been my my favorite number. And I use it as my password. I shouldn't tell everybody, but uh, I'll be honest with you. I, it was my number my whole life. And of course he knew about my record. He knew nobody would ever break it. He also confirmed uh, that he had been writing what was now called a 14 year plan for the new world order. This is what I read. And it took him seven years to write this whole program. And he also wrote the code for, for Bitcoin, along with a few other of his assistants. He also mentioned that they just found a, a Malaysian airline pilot to go on a simulator. This is a- now, his assistants, Richard Leibel's assistants who wrote the code for the cryptos, especially Bitcoin, I believe was none other than Elon Musk. Because you see, Elon Musk's mother was born in Regina, Saskatchewan. His grandmother was born in Moose Jaw, the home away from home for Al Capone. (laughs) So Peter Thiel also was involved in 2008. All he said was, Boyd, we're going to get the gold out of Thailand. We're going to get it out on a passenger plane, and someday you'll hear about it. So that was it. I didn't know, understand why they were telling me all these things. They kept promising me uh, millions, a lot of of talk. So I hopped on a plane and went back to Canada, ended up in a city in Saskatchewan, because that's where my mother lives. It's called Saskatoon. I had no idea what I was gonna do in Saskatoon. I come back from Dubai with not a lot of money. I noticed the high crime rate, so I actually got into selling security systems. And I sold 77 my first month, so I thought, wow, I can do this. So I continued to do this for, for two years. And uh, in the meantime, I met a, a beautiful girl in Saskatoon, started a relationship. I kept phoning Thomas just to see what's going on because I actually left two of my devices with him. I left him a brand new device and a used one and some clothes thinking I would go back because he did intrigue me with, with this gold. So two years go by, and now it's the middle of June. And out of the blue, I get an email from a Marley Thomas. In her email, she mentioned that she owned a spa at the Dubai Mall. Now, the Dubai Mall is a seven-story high mall at the bottom of the Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world. It's a beautiful mall. She said she owned a spa called Sparkles. Now, what clicked in my mind at that minute when I told my story to Thomas about the five goals that I scored in three minutes and seven seconds, I said when I scored the fifth one, I was on such a natural high, I saw sparkles. So again, the alarms went off when she said sparkles. I didn't- See, uh, the reason I brought that in is because the Gnostic Christians, which really are in the Middle East and Eastern Europe and India and so forth, they were introduced Christianity by St. Thomas, and uh, the Gnostics believe in the spark. Of, of God is in, is stronger in some people than in others. So I just mentioned that. I didn't think too much of it. She said she wanted to buy one of my medical devices. So I sent her a reply and I said, well, you must've seen me at a, at a mall show back in 2007. She never replied. She just said, you know, we made a deal over, over the emails. And again, I got in touch with Thomas. I had his phone number and I told him I'd be coming back to Dubai to sell a device. So when I got to Dubai, I, I called Thomas and I told him where I was. And uh, I said, please bring me my stuff in the morning because I gotta go sell this device to this Marley Thomas. He says, well, okay, I'll do that. So in the morning he was like Johnny on the spot he brought the devices over, all my clothes. And as he was handing everything over, he said, boy, let's go for dinner later. I said, fine. So I took a cab over to the Dubai mall. I made the deal with Marley Thomas, a bubbly English blonde lady, very good, very attractive. And after the deal was done, all of a sudden she brings up photos of her so-called boyfriend in Fort Lauderdale standing in front of a Ferrari. And I'm thinking it to the back of my, back of my mind, those of you just on audio, uh, Marley Thomas, you see, they use the word, the name Thomas a lot. But uh, it turned out I recognized her when I came back from Dubai and I'm writing my book. I recognized her on Bloomberg. Her name is Caroline Hyde. She's an anchor with Bloomberg. Okay. Also a CIA agent. Why is she showing me photos of her so-called boyfriend in Fort Lauderdale? Uh, but now I do. And I'll get to that later. So that evening, I went out for dinner with Thomas and we're sitting there at the table and he starts flipping a Bitcoin in the air. This is June of 2010. He just, boy, there were 30 cents. Now, do you want to get involved? And he said, by the way, Hussein Shizwani just committed 600 million to the gold. And I had this feeling of wealth go through my body. I, I, I got red in the face. I had, hadn't experienced that feeling before. It was a feeling of extreme wealth. But then I remembered what Jihad had told me back in 2007, the gentleman that helped me get the biofeedback contract, Saudi Arabia, for the medical devices, he had told me and warned me, he said, boy, Thomas will chew you up and spit you out. So that took over at that point in my mind. And I looked at Thomas and I said, listen, I said, you're the money launderer. I'm a salesman. I'm going back to Canada. Pay me back when you can, because he owed me some money. So the very next day, I hopped on a plane, came back to Canada. I deleted his phone number off my phone because I knew there was something fishy about the lady sending me the email and Thomas So I just decided to put that behind me and, and carry on. So I deleted his phone number off my phone and I never communicated with him again for four years. I I got back into the security business. And in 2012, I got kind of tired of knocking on doors selling security. So I happened to call an old friend of mine from uh, my previous sales past in Ontario. And uh, he had just started a company called pristine led. It was an assembly plant in Windsor, Ontario. So I became part owner of pristine led an assembly plant in Windsor. And because I'm an old New York ranger, I decided to call an old friend of mine by the name of Ron Greshner, who played for the Rangers for 16 years. We actually started together in Esteban, Saskatchewan when we were 15. We both got drafted by the Rangers together. We both went to Providence together in the American League. But after only spending five games in, in Providence, Ron was brought up to the, uh, to the NHL. And he spent 16 years in, in New York. Anyway, one thing led to another. And he formed a company called Four Beginnings with Kathy uh, P., who was uh, CEO of Quality Health Control for Homeland Security. So the next thing you know, they've got me going from Indiana to Grand Rapids to Houston uh, to all these big trade shows. I couldn't believe the the, the big industry that the prisons are. Um, they have fish farms. They have all kinds of things. So I did audits at the Jamaica Queens prison. I did audits at the Indiana State Prison for Women, 26 buildings. It took me eight hours to do the audit count. And while I'm doing that, Ron and Kathy, his partner, have dinner with Mike Pence, the governor of Indiana, who today is Donald, Donald Trump's vice president. I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe we can sell some more lights. Anyway, this went on for about a year, and I just couldn't uh, find any prisons who (laughs) wanted to buy our lights, so they kept putting this off. So I said, I'll tell you the reason why they didn't buy our LED lights, and this is very important. All the smart cities today are putting in LED lights from China, which have an antenna in them. They're killing devices. They're tracking devices. And when you first install them into these smart cities, they're nice and white. They look great. After six months, they turn blue and become a black light. To show up the lucifer rays in people's veins from taking the vaccine. Our LED lights were totally different. They were 95% sunlight and they ran on a toroidal transformer, uh, just like the Earth has a, a toroidal tra- uh, a frequency. Uh, and so it's a toroid. And our lights would run for 20 years. So uh, completely different. We could not digitize our lights, but the typical LED lights. What happened is Obama. When he came into presidency in 2008, he handed about, I don't know, 20, 200 or 100 uh, small companies in the United States, he gave them $6 million each to develop LED lighting for these smart cities, which are happening today. So, what they did is they ran to China with their $6 million and they started factories in China to produce these digitized weapons. That are going into smart cities.
0: Yeah. And just before you hit uh, play again,
1: uh,
0: I want to make sure that the audience knows the reason why we're building the story up is so you understand where the connections come from and where a lot of the evidence uh, comes from as well. Now, when he mentioned just the LED lighting being a weapon and stuff like that, that's a conversation we're going to have separately because... This gets more sinister than you can even imagine. And we will be getting to the Malaysian flight uh, guaranteed in this uh, MH370 uh, because it goes far deeper than any of you can imagine.
1: Focus on, on the local community here in Saskatoon and Calgary. And on the 4th, excuse me, on March the 8th, 2014, I was sitting at the Willows golf course, ironically, the same golf course that got Richard Leibel deported 15 years earlier. I'm sitting there having breakfast when CNN announces MH370 has gone missing. I blurted out, I know who did this. And people looked at me, but I knew it was a gold heist that I'd heard about years before. So my mother and I are born on the same day, the Ides of March, March 15th. And I said to my mother on my birthday, I said, on our birthday, I said, I think Thomas is behind this. So I started to do some research. And I found out that 20 of the the, the people who were on board mh 70 were employees of freescale semiconductors, which is owned by the Rothschilds. And four of them had a patent on a wafer-thin semiconductor that was coming out on March 14th. And the only way the the freescale could get 100% would be to kill them before the 14th of March. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Then I found out that Boeing, who makes the 777, when when they make a 777, they make duplicates. And uh, because it's cheaper and who owns Boeing is the Rothschilds. So, yeah, so, yeah, so um, doing my research, I also found uh, that a girl who they had brought in to be CEO of Bitcoin Southeast Asia, living in Singapore, had fallen, mysteriously fallen off her balcony 16 stories to her death. Her name was Autumn Radke. Now, coincidentally, at the same time, I'm trying to. Now, Autumn Radke is a girlfriend of Richard Branson, for those of you who are just on audio. We have a picture of Richard Branson here. And see, when Obama retired from his second presidency in 2016, he spent the first month with Richard Branson in the Caribbean. I do a website for my LED lighting business, and I wanted to use my, my hockey record, 5307, because I thought people would wonder what 5307 what is all about, and that maybe could do some hockey arenas, convert them over to LED lighting, which, which I actually did. But I, I looked up the meaning of 5307 in the Hebrew-Greek Dictionary, and just fell off my chair when it said the definition of 5307 is to fall to a violent death. Now, that 5307, if you look it up, and, and the beauty about my story is you can Google search it yourself. Look up 5307 in the Hebrew definition. It goes back to the Nephal, the Nephilim, the giants that were on the earth before Noah and after. And it literally means to fall of a violent death. It's all about the word fall, F A L L the fall of the Roman Empire, the fall of the American Empire. This is what we're talking about.
0: And for my so audience, remember how important numbers are to these <laughs> Luciferians. Exactly. They rule the world on numbers and signs.
1: And I'm just going to comment that there, I found a good expression or a good saying, uh, numbers don't lie, women lie, men lie, <laughs> but numbers don't lie the name Autumn, the lady who was just mysteriously fallen off her balcony, Autumn in the Hebrew Greek dictionary means the falling of the leaves. So now I started to get curious and I had to find out exactly what's going on. I also found out that a Bitcoin just two months prior to MH370's disappearance had gone up to $1,100 US. And I thought, wow, I could have had a million of them. But that's when I started to do my research. I didn't have Thomas's phone number, but I did have his email. So I sent him a quick email and I and I wanted to get a response. So all I said was, you did it. I waited a few days, never got a reply. Continued doing some research. Found out that Bitcoin, there, there was many, many, many robberies of Bitcoin. Many exchanges got robbed of millions and millions of dollars. Mount GoX in Japan was robbed a month before MH370 disappeared for $850 million worth of Bitcoin. Mount GoX did all their guns and nuclear weapons. Silk Road, a month before MH370 went missing, got robbed in the United States. Silk Road did all their drug cartel for another $750 million worth of Bitcoin. So, altogether, in just those two exchanges, there was $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Now, who became the regulator in the world for Bitcoin at that time was Kraken. Again, I couldn't believe it. So everything was coming true. Kraken, which was invented in, just after MH370 disappeared, was a, a Bitcoin exchange, a cryptocurrency exchange in San Francisco. And when they released the Kraken, the Kraken can eat up all the Bitcoin in the market. They actually tested it out in 2016 with Ethereum. Ethereum in June of 2016 was worth... And within one second, it went down to 10 cents and then back up again. That is what you call releasing the Kraken. So whenever you see large fluctuations in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, they are releasing the Kraken and it's there to destroy. Now, I just want to mention Nigel Farage at this point. He's the guy that passed my message to Thomas. Nigel Farage was the the committee of 300 who's really behind this whole thing. Stephen Harper is a member. But uh, this is all the royalty of the world, et cetera. But he's the guy that passed my message on to Thomas. And that's why Thomas called me a a week after MH370 went missing. Countries that rely on Bitcoin and humans. So I'm just giving everybody a heads up. Now, as I started to to dig into this more, um, I uh, I, I Googled Thomas's name. Thomas Lily Kazanski is what he told me his name was. And a Forex FX website came up. There was no place to leave a message. Excuse me, there was no phone number, but there was a place to type in a message. So I typed in, please have Thomas Lily Kazansky call Boyd Anderson immediately with my phone number. This is a week after MH370 took place. Within two minutes, my phone rings, and it's Thomas. He said, Boyd, how are you? I said, I'm fine, Thomas. I didn't hesitate. I said, Thomas, I've been reading about Bitcoin. I've been reading about MH370. I said, you've been a busy guy. Zip. There was five seconds of silence. I thought he was going to hang up, and he probably should have. But then he calmly replied, Boyd, you are very smart. Yes, we got $200 million for MH370. You are smart. You are very smart. He kept repeating it. No, that's probably because I never contacted him for four years, but I just went on my gut instinct that he was a bad dude. So we probably had 10 conversations that spring, but I couldn't prove how they could get 55,000 tons of gold down to Perth. I just wanted to get as much information out of him as possible. So around the third phone call, I emailed him my quotes from Homeland Security prisons for my LED lighting. And within seconds, the phone rang. He, he called me. He says, boy, those are all my other contacts. So I put it together. In one pocket, the cell phone was hooked up to the Swiss Jewish bankers, meaning Mark Rich and company. And his other cell phone was hooked up to Homeland Security because he did mention to me in 2007 that he was friends with Jay Johnson's father. Now, Jay Johnson was the chief of Homeland Security. So I truly believe Homeland Security is responsible for creating ISIS, along with Israel and the Swiss Jews. Uh, They put a a prison into Iraq in 2002, which allowed all the al-Baghdadis to get together under one roof and do their planning so this is all you see what happened and i'll just fill in the blank here uh in the sun see i met erdogan the president of turkey today when i met erdogan he was vice president but uh there was a reason that was their big ally and so in 2000 the summer of 2016 i believe it was he fired erdogan in turkey fired fifty five thousand of his civil servants i'm talking police chiefs, deans of universities, government people, you name it, school teachers, lawyers, judges. He fired them all. And in the fall of 2016, Obama, who was really the bad guy, a terrible man, evil, he released 6,000 prisoners from Homeland Security prisons because, you see, the records had been destroyed in 9-11. And that's when they created... Homeland Security in 9-11. So he released 6,000 prisoners at one shot. He said, oh, they're just minor uh, marijuana abusers, etc. Uh, but I'll guarantee you they were uh, death row prisoners, similar to the old movie, uh, The Dirty Dozen, and they were sent over to Turkey to fight for ISIS. Going went on in my mind? And, and, and during that summer, I mean, Thomas invited me to a Bilderberg meeting in Hong Kong. He sent me a contract for 575,000 US dollars for helping them out in 2007. And I I just was going along with it. He mentioned to me in in August that people from MH370 are never coming back. I said, where are they in the Indian Ocean? Because I had no idea. And finally, in September, five months after MH370 took place, the final, the last conversation I had with Thomas was, boy, now that we got the gold, we got to sell it. He says, you got to realize where money originates from. So that was the last conversation I had. I quickly Googled the origin of money, and it's Turkey and Greece. Uh, And and a lot of this information you'll get in my book. But um, three days later, I get a phone call in the middle of the night from an Ivan with a South African accent. Now, he said, boy, this is Ivan. I'm Thomas, a South African friend. I'm just calling you to tell you that that Thomas had a stroke, and he's talking like a baby, and we're not sure he's going to recover. So as soon as he said talking like a baby, I knew Thomas was right beside him telling him what to say, because he used to use that phrase when I was with him in 2007, you know, for fun, talking like a baby. So this Ivan had a sharp South African accent, um, so I wondered who he was. So anyway, I uh, I kept doing my research, kept doing my research, and finally in January 2016, I discovered that there were three jumbo 747s left abandoned at the Kuala Lumpur airport for over a year. They sat there on the tarmac. Nobody claimed them. I mean, sometimes I forget where I leave my car in the parking lot, but who forgets where they leave their jumbo 747? In fact, three of them. So the story was all about the, the airport auction and auction and the auction and the auction the them off and the proceeds would go to pay for the storage of these these three jumbles two of them came from icelandic air and one came from what well, i believe abdul mowbray and fort lauderdale that's getting back to the relationship that this uh, Marley thomas i found out later looking on television i recognized her as an anchor with with bloomberg her name is caroline hyde a beautiful english girl blonde i mean it's not not difficult to, to recognize her so When I found out about these three jumbo 747s, I just said, cha-ching, this is it, bingo. Now I had solved 99% of the mystery of MH370. There were five planes involved, okay? There were two identical 777s. There were three jumbo 747s. Now, just after midnight on March the 8th, it was March the 7th, Western time. Again, third month, seventh day, five planes involved, Five three seven. There were two, uh, MH370 leaves Kuala Lumpur with 239 people on board. They had smuggled two tons of the gold from the military base onto MH370. That was the two tons Thomas always talked about. They described it on the manifest as two tons of mango steam, but obviously the the, the, the people at the airport were involved with this. So they, it was actually two tons of gold. MH370 takes off. The pilot had been on a simulator for six years practicing what he was going to, was about to do. He takes off and over the Bay of Thailand, which is the Strait of Malacca, Takes the plane up to 45,000 feet, as recorded by the New York Times. At the same time, MH17, you know the 777 that went down over Russia. Four months later, they say the Russians shot it down with a missile. Well, that's not true. I'll tell you about that one in a minute. But MH17 comes flying by. Now, the people behind this was the CIA, Department of Homeland Security, the Russian, Mossad, uh, the Russian KGB, and the Israeli Mossad. Okay, they came flying by in the identical twin to MH370, which is MH17. And it picked up the radar because both planes were equipped with onboard explosives, stealth technology, which means they can pick up the radar, turn it off, and autopilot. MH370 stays up for 23 minutes to make sure everybody's dead of asphyxiation. Then it comes down under the radar. That's why I named the book Under the Radar. And it lands on the northern tip of Indonesia at an airport called Banda Achai. It can handle a 777. That's where they offload the two tons of gold. And then MH370 goes north to Kazakhstan. They hide it in the Cosmodrome. That's a Russian spaceport. Now, I forgot to mention that Thomas was looking after the president of Kazakhstan's uh, nephew, Rahim. I met him many times. He treated him like his son. And he always said, boy, we can use the Cosmodrome when we need it. So this is what happened. They stashed it away for three and a half months. They hid it. And I'll get back to what happens next with MH370. All the bodies were drained of blood. MH17 then circles down under the radar, cuts off its radar, and lands at Bandit-Chai Airport, picks up the two tons of gold, and heads down to Perth immediately and opens up the account at the, at the World Gold Mint. And uh, Tony Abbott, the prime minister, was on television all the time pointing at the Indian Ocean trying to get everybody to do the search. Meanwhile, mh 70 is sitting in Kazakhstan. So they begin the search in the Indian Ocean, and the search went on for 10 months. But while they're doing the search, Thomas and the Swiss Jews are flying back and forth with the three jumbo 747s with the gold, as if they're part of the search, right in front of the world's eyes. Now, who paid for it? It cost $130 million for that search, the taxpayers. Paid for them to transport the gold down to Perth. This is how ridiculous this whole thing is, right in front of the world's eyes. Now, the mathematics goes back to the same 537. Each jumbo 747, the capacity of a jumbo 747 is 400 tons. So they need 50 trips because you got to get the five in there. They worship the number five. This is from Shivaism. Shiva is the god of destruction, the destroyer. And you've heard of CERN. It's all that's in Geneva, Switzerland. It's a big collider. It's actually the headquarters. Of the CIA as well, fifteen thousand people commute every day through six different tunnels, Switzerland. Well, India donated in two thousand four donated a statue of Shiva, a two foot four foot statue, and Shiva is again the god of destruction, the destroyer, and they worship the number five. That's why they knew I had the numbers five goals in three minutes and seven seconds. Now we're talking about transporting the gold from Thailand to Perth. Each jumbo seven forty seven made five, fifty trips, five over five months. That's five. Excuse me. That's ten a month with three hundred and seventy tons per trip. So when you multiply 370 times 50, you get 18,500 times three of them is 555. It took them five months. And and, and when I think, thought about it, from the time MH370 happened in March to the last conversation I had with Thomas in September, it was just past the five-month time frame. And that's when he said, Boyd, now that we got the gold, we got to sell it. Now, in the meantime, four months after MH370 disappears, MH17 gets supposedly shot down over the Ukraine. So on July 17, 2014, MH17 leaves Amsterdam with 298 people on board. The flight path to Kuala Lumpur wasn't even supposed to go over the Ukraine. And the ironic thing, another coincidence, is that it was MH17's 17th birthday to the date. Both MH17 and MH370 were identical twins. Their maiden flights were on July 17th, 1997. So 17 years to the day, coincidental, MH17 takes off with 298 people. Now this is when they resurrect MH370. Believe it or not, it becomes very biblical. It's like when Jesus was resurrected after three days, this is after three months, they had resurrected MH370. The Ukrainian, and I have all this on video and referenced in my book, the Ukrainian farmers witnessed a jumbo 747 practicing in the farmland of the Ukraine with a Su Ukrainian Su-25 fighter jet right underneath it for two weeks, this went on. They never seen anything like it. So. This is what happened. on uh, They resurrect mhc 370 on July 17th. Now, July 17th, sev- sev- July the seventh month, 717. You can Google this. 717 in the Hebrew definition means Armageddon. And it's flying autopilot in parallel with MH-17 over the Polish airspace. And they go one degree to the north over the fighting area of the Ukraine. And this is when the Ukrainian fighter jet blasts a hole into the cockpit of MH-17. And it starts to descend. Now, the the Ukrainian Su-25 fighter jet follows it down, peppering it with uh, with 33-millimeter shells to make it look like it got hit by a missile. At the same time, they wirelessly explode MH370 in midair, and it breaks apart into bigger pieces. It caused three-foot holes in in the Earth, and it lands in the northern part of the Ukraine. The body parts, being three months old, four months old, were rotting and decomposing. They they were spread 33 kilometers apart. The first responders and even a, a, a Ukrainian commander in the Army Uh, expressed publicly with the press that the bodies were not fresh. they had been dead for days, and they smell of rotting and decomposition. Now, MH17 continues to descend, getting peppered with 33-millimeter shells from the uh, Ukrainian fighter jet, and then they explode it remote controlly and then explodes, but closer to the ground, only about 100 meters off the ground, so it doesn't spread as far. Now, when you add up the total amount of people on both flights, 239 aboard MH370, 298 aboard MH17, you add them up, what do you get? 537. Now, what happened to the gold? After they remelted the gold in September, they used those same three jumbo 747s to transport the gold into seven vaults around the world. There's a vault in Singapore, Hong Kong, Dubai, Zurich, London, Toronto, and New York. Now, the atomic number for gold is 79. So they put 79 tons into each vault. 79 times 7 is 553, plus the two tons that were on the original 370, brings it back to 555. So what I meant to say is 7,900. Tons into seven vaults around the world. They, they, they uh, changed the, the vault from Dubai. Once my book came out, they switched it over to Ottawa. So the, the vaults are located in uh, Hong Kong, uh, uh, Singapore, Zurich, London, Ottawa, Toronto, and New York. George Soros's son sons run the New York. It's called Gold Money. When I started to do uh, more research on this, I found out that the only company that has access to these seven vaults is gold money. It's called Bitgold, which I had read about in the original 20-page document. It started off as Bitgold on the Toronto Stock Exchange. It went right up to $8 in 2015. It's around $2.95 right now. But it's the only company. It's changed their name to Gold Money. Uh, they put the headquarters now off the Isle of Jersey, and it's actually a Rothschild's uh, company. It's got. It's the only company in the world that has access to these seven vaults. And this is what's going to run the new world order, along with Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin will probably crash uh, within the year, uh, my prediction. But um, how did they sell the gold? They crashed the stock market in 2016. It was the worst crash in the history of Wall Street, January. Um, I did a lot of research. I found out who Mark Rich was. He started Glencore, a very, uh, a very criminal company. It's the largest uh, commodities and mining company in the world. And uh, he supposedly died in 2013 because I remember getting a phone call in june of 2013 saying you know from a swiss bank saying Do you want to keep your bank account open and i said no we'll close it because i hadn't communicated with these guys for over three years then but who took over glencore is ivan Glasenberg, who speaks in a sharp south african accent so this is part of my story this is uh you know uh, to carry on a little bit i mean they created a lot of black ops they had erdogan and turkey shoot down a russian fighter jet in the in the fall of 2015 because you see gold's price was had been dropping since 2011 and it had dropped down to just over $1,000. And Barrick Gold stock, I watched it, it dropped down to $8. And be darned if John Baird, Canada's former Minister of Foreign Affairs, quits the government and goes to work for Barrett Gold. Now, why would he do that? So they had to drive the price of gold back up. And that's why they created Brexit, fear and uncertainty. They had Erdogan from Turkey shoot down the Russian fighter jet, they had all these black ops in Paris and Brussels and in Florida, and it was all to create fear and uncertainty. They created ISIS to remove all the refugees, to create all these refugees from Africa, from Iraq, to flood Europe. And it was all to do with raising up the price of gold. So that's what happened. The biggest winner in Brexit, because of course they knew about it before it happened, was George Soros and Kazakhstan. They're the ones who made the most money. It's all in my book. George Soros in May invested 438 million into Barrick Gold. And now you can see that he capitalized on Brexit. So as we go along, um, Glencore, uh, who have their headquarters in Regina, Saskatchewan, uh, in January of 2016, another thing happened is, is uh, Ivan Glasenberg unloaded 40% of his agricultural business to the Canadian pension plans, and they were able to buy into Glencore at $71. I mean, two years prior, it was a $500 stock. Now the Canadian pension plans bought in at $71. Today, it's back up to $400, so the Canadian pension plans are loaded because, you see, Commodity mining is kind of going on the way down because they want to replace gold with Bitcoin and all these cryptocurrencies. So agriculture is now on the way up. So now you've got Glencore trying to do a a takeover of Bungie. Glencore is once again on the hunt for deals, including the approach you made to Bungie.
0: Here's what I'd like to know, and I think helps to inform people about your company and about how you think. Why does Bungie interest you? And what do Glencore's ambitions say about your expectations for the health of the global trading system? Yeah, Bungie, we've always said, we we got three real departments within Glencore. We have the metals and mining side, mainly metals. We have the oil side, uh, energy, coal, and oil. And then we have the agricultural part of Glencore. Um, in the metals and mining side, we are one of the three biggest mining companies in the world. Well, we're a bit smaller, but pretty big in the oil trading side, where we uh, handle around about 5 million barrels of oil a day. So pretty big on the trading side in the eggs. Uh, we weren't the big player. So what we decided a while ago during 2015, if we could bring in partners, and we brought in a partner into our egg business, we brought in the two Canadian pension companies, but we wanted partners who w- wanted the same ambitions as us and wanted to grow the business.
1: Backed by the Canadian pension plans and their headquarters happens to be in Humboldt and Nippelwin. Another coincidence, thinking about the Humboldt Broncos. And right on that corner where the crash was for the Humboldt Broncos is a huge bungy site. So are these all coincidences? I, uh, I went in to look up the significance of 537 and also 555. And here's what I found. This goes back to the people who run the world, you know, these Jewish bankers in Israel, etc. Uh, and, and Putin, of course, and, and, and Trump. He said I didn't know if Trump was involved until uh, January 2017 when he announces to the world that his best friend and business partner, Hussein Shizwani, the guy that backed the gold heist, is his best friend and business partner. And again, I just about fell off my chair. Now, Doing my reference on 537 in, in the Bible, 537 B.C. is when Cyrus, who was a, 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 a Persian emperor, captured Babylon. He was married to Isis. But that's when he freed 50,000 Jews and allowed them to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild their second temple. And again, referring to Trump, this is why Trump is moving or has moved the embassy to Jerusalem so they can re, so they can build a third temple. It's all about the, the next coming of Christ. Now, 537 A.D. was the first siege of Rome when the Austro-Gothics tried to capture the Roman Empire, and the Pope was saved by a Byzantine general, a Muslim general. His name was Vigilius, and this is when they stuck a Byzantine Pope in, and he reigned from 537 to 555 A.D. Now, in the year 2000, when George Bush ran for president, they had to recount the votes. This is George Bush versus Al Gore, and they had to recount the votes in Florida and, of course, Who's the governor of Florida? Is George's brother Jeb. So they recounted the votes. And do you know how many votes he won by? 537. 537. The number of votes that changed the course of American history. Florida is too close to call. The difference between what was and what could have been. So this is why in 2012, when Obama ran for president on his second term, his whole ad campaign, and you can Google this right now, just Google Obama 537 and you will get an advertisement. His whole advertisement campaign was 537. Get out and vote everybody. The number that changed the history of America, the difference of what was and what could have been, 537. Now 555 five, five, in the occult world means extreme death. King, uh, in the Bible, King Solomon used to collect 666 talents of gold from, from the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, when you divide 12 into 666, it equals to 55.5 each. So is that another coincidence? The reason I wrote the book is that when I looked up my number 5307 in the Christian Bible, it means that I am a representative of a God or kings to other nations and kings for the goodness and the salvation of mankind. So I honestly feel that, that I'm a messenger. And today I just wanted to ex- express my my sincere uh, knowledge, my, my sincereness of, of waking up everybody and understanding that you know who ordered the, the, the MH370 to Kazakhstan it was Mr. Putin. Who was involved with the people who backed it? The 600 million with with Hussein his money was Donald Trump. So you wonder what they talked about in Helsinki two days ago in a private meeting, Well, who knows? Maybe it was about the gold. Maybe it was about Bitcoin. Maybe it was about the New World Order. Okay. Now, I just want to say one other thing about 537. Justinian in Constantinople, this is 537 A.D. uh, That's when he changed the Hagia Sophia Mosque from Muslim, Islam to Christianity. He started the renovation in 532 A.D., but he completed it on
0: 5.37. (laughs) So, Boyd, there's a a ton of questions my audience is probably thinking of right now. And and the first one that I think my audience would be considering is why would they have given you that 20-year plan in an envelope for you to read?
1: Well, because I was going to be a sacrificial sacrifice, a human sacrifice. When, when they do these big ops, they have to see, they seem to have to sacrifice to Satan, to Lucifer or whoever. And because if you look up my number five, three, zero, seven, in the Hebrew strong definition, it means to fall of a violent death. And it goes back to the Nephilim and You know, in numerology, uh, 5307 has a satanic meaning, but it also has a godly, earthly meaning, a biblical meaning. And let me just, you know, you saw the one definition of 5307 in the Christian Bible. This is the new Christian Bible because they followed the gospel of Thomas. One of the Logians in the Gospel of Thomas says, there'll be two on a couch, one will die, and one will live. Autumn Radke took my place. When I turned them down, I didn't take the bait in 2010. I could have had 100,000 Bitcoins, but I didn't take the bait. I didn't go with greed and, and all that baloney. I decided, because of my gut instinct and my willpower, which are the two things they're trying to take away from humanity with the vaccine, right? So when I turned them down, I became the guy who was gonna live. And and I'm an old daddy. You know, I, I don't I shouldn't talk about my family, but I do have two young children. So I created life from death. Okay? So in the new Christian Bible, five three zero seven, and you could look it up. It's under the Arcana, Colestia 5307. Here we go. Shall we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Means regarding an influx of truth containing good received from within. And so contain the celestial of the spiritual. This is clear from the meaning of a man as truth. The Spirit of God is that which goes forth from the divine. And so from the absolute good for the divine is absolute good. That which goes forth from this is truth containing good. It goes on, the spirit is the instrument by means of which it is brought forth. The truth containing good is the celestial of the spiritual represented by Joseph. So that's what that means.
0: And, and, you know, just while we're doing Bible verses, uh, you know, because you had mentioned Cyrus and of course, uh, Trump is being referred to as the Cyrus. Yeah. you know he took over Babylon without firing guns, and he set uh, the the Jews free. Uh, so I was I decided to just look at Isaiah chapter fifty three, and I go to verse seven, and it says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that is silent before his shears, so he did not open his mouth. And so, obviously, that is speaking of sacrifice, um, which you were going to be. Now, the the other part of the story, so you have to understand, um, there were the patents on that flight, on MH370. And there's the one person who was not on it. Four people were on that. I want to make sure that that's clear. So when the four people who were on that died, all of the patent worth billions of dollars goes to the person remaining. Now, what was the what was that chip set for? Can you tell the audience, Boyd? What does it what does it produce?
1: Well, um, yeah, I have to be careful. I mean this is very sensitive because this is a freescale um, semiconductor based out of austin texas and you got to know that's where elon musk has his spacex of course alex jones works out of austin texas but um the the computer chip i believe is such great unbelievable technology that it can make uh, items disappear and um Yeah, you wonder. Yeah, exactly. And you wonder what happened to the F-35 that disappeared a couple months ago. And I believe that they're testing it out on that. And then, of course, you have this Ashton Forbes running around who has paid opposition, I believe. And he's probably done 200 interviews in the past three months. Uh, And he has this video of MH370, he says it's totally authentic. I think I think they've blown the cover off it. It's not legitimate. But he's trying to push the fact that MH370 got surrounded by three orbs, and then all of a sudden it disappeared. And, you see, the reason they found all those biolabs in the Ukraine and Kazakhstan has a lot of biolabs, you see, because that's why they drained all the bodies of blood. So they 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 actually clone the people. And so when the Messiah, I'll call him the false Messiah comes from above, he will have these clone people who are brainwashed into telling the world that they were taken by aliens. So MH370 becomes the tool to introduce aliens to the world. Now the reason they stored MH370 underground in Kazakhstan For three and a half months, first of all, this is where uh, they did. They drained all the blood and everything, but also they're mocking our Christianity. Um, This is about the resurrection. So after three and a half months being stored underground in Kazakhstan, they resurrected it on July the 1st, three and a half months later, just like Jesus was in the cave for three and a half days. MH370 was put away for three and a half months. And so for the last, since 2014, since this happened, these bio labs in the Ukraine and and Kazakhstan and Russia, they've they've been cloning these people, you know? And see Kazakhstan, that Cosmodrome has the only launch pad to the International Space Station on the globe. So there's been many Canadians go up there in the past five years. I know it sounds
0: crazy, but that's the truth. <laughs> so let me just in, encapsulate this. They've yeah. got, <laughs> you have to understand how this stuff works. And I, and I promised uh, my audience a little bit of a payoff from my, I, I did in a series on alchemy and, and it was painful. It was more painful for me than my audience. I can assure everyone of that. But the, the, I felt really led from the Lord. So you have to understand how all this stuff works. They, they show Boyd this plan because they want him to be willing. They want him, they want his will. They want him to become the sacrifice. And why'd they pick him? Because the numbers matched. And when they saw this, the numbers matched. Now, you have the the 16-year plan You have the patents on the plane. You have the gold on the plane. Okay, so this is very important. Remember, we talked about transmutation. You have the gold on the plane, and then at some point in the future, and this is theoretical, all these people come back as if they were in a different dimension. And they've been transmutated. And you have to understand, you've got all the elements. This is the philosopher's stone. The great work. Unbelievable. Yeah, The alien technology, the gold, it's got transmutation and alchemy written all over this.
1: Right. So let's get back to... um, Mh378, uh, you see, it was a bait and switch kind of a thing with the twins. Okay, uh, the reason it's all about twins is because you know, with Elon Musk, Neuralink, and and Zuckerberg's uh, Metaverse, they're trying to create a twin reality. And it goes to CERN with the splitting of electrons, uh, where they took one uh, seven miles east and one seven miles west, and they tickled the one in the west and the one in the east re- reacted at the same time so it's about splitting and the spin if you simply google quantum spin 537-555 you will get a scientific white paper on the spin of electrons because with these frequencies coming out with and 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 the 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 the, the things that are in the vaccine that cause are you know, membranes, like this MNRA, and it uses triethylene glycol, which is, uh, it makes water more soluble. So it goes right through the, the membranes of the cells, it gets into every cell. And you're putting in quantum dots, and graphene oxide, so we become a hive mind. I won't get into all that today. But I just wanted to mention that. And because, uh, you know, there were 10 pages on that 20 page document that they, they showed me, there were 10 pages on the coronavirus, okay? This is in 2008. And so when they landed that plane on the northern tip of Indonesia, they uh, landed it on the, on the northern tip of Indonesia at an airport called Banda Achai. And if you can see, this is the villa. Let me just, excuse me. Uh, If you can see this picture, that's the villa that they purchased.
0: You, You would have to share your screen.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we won't even get into that too much today. But what I wanted to stress today is that who owned, okay, the villa was purchased on the, I believe it was the 14th of March. The, or the 12th of March, the patent for the freescale semiconductor was coming out on the 14th. So th- as long as they could knock these four guys off on MH370 that had the patent, then r- the, the freescale would get 100%, and that, of course, is owned by the Rothschilds. So what did they do? They landed it in the northern part of, Malay- of Indonesia called Banda Achai, a lot of people think it landed in Diego Garcia, but no, it landed in Banda Achai because if you can remember, they created that tsunami in Malaysia that wiped out thousands of people and a lot of children went missing. You know, I wonder where they went, but that wiped out that airport in Banda Achai at the same time. So when they rebuilt it in 2005, it could handle a 777 even with autopilot. So what happened was, When they landed it there, the pilot got off, and they drove him down to the villa in Bali. That's on the southern tip of Indonesia. So let me get my hands straight here. You got the northern tip, Bandai Chai. The pilot gets off, and Bali's down in the southern tip, and it's all connected by roadway. And they drove him down there, and they gave him a, a, a beautiful villa and $10 million, and that's where he hung out. For many years. Um, now, who bought that villa was Barry and Alan Silbert, who owned Finance. They're on page nine in my book and also on page 248. Um, you know, I, I can read it to you if you want, but it's a uh, bit premier was founded by Alan Silbert and his brother Barry, major Bitcoin investors, founders of Bitcoin Investment Trust. So they're the guys that bought the villa. Now they're also the guys that owned. They were the 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 parent company of FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried was just the front man, and that was all connected to uh, the World Economic Forum, as well as New Hampshire and the uh, Ukraine the cartel. cartel. It's all about laundering money, and Glencore was uh, was the biggest client. Uh, of this offshore uh, called Applebee, based out of the Bahamas, and so like Glencore, you know our Canadian pension plans. The 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 CEO Shapen, when he invested uh, four billion from the teachers' pension plan and the Canadian pension plan in in 2016, the price of Glencore it was all you know they timed it all out because the biggest investor in Glencore in 2012 was the Norwegian government. But now it was down to seventy-one dollars, and this is when our pension plans plans bought in. Today it's well over five hundred. Um, what else? Um, so they, they crashed the stock market in two thousand sixteen, and that's when all the elites sold their tech stocks and Glencore, yeah. and they bought into gold stock because it all bottomed out. They bought these penny stocks. And then they created Brexit and all these black ops. And by the time Brexit happened, gold had gone up from just over $1,000 to almost 1400 And, of course, that's when John Baird, our former minister of foreign affairs for Stephen Harper, quit the government, went to work for Baird Gold Hatch out of Winnipeg because they're going to stop cross-country shipping, bring everything through Churchill, Manitoba, right through the northern part, from China through Iceland. This is why Iceland is on board with everything. That's why they have all the mining rigs for cryptos in Iceland and then down through the Hudson Bay. The president of Iceland is married to a Canadian. OK, that's why they're having all this bullshit at the Suez Canal right now. And if you if you say Suez backwards, it's it's Zeus. That's their God, Zeus. And so, you know, they want to stop cross Atlantic, cross Pacific shipping.
0: Boyd, what an amazing uh, amount of information. I, I want to leave it there, but I want to tease a couple things that uh, we'll talk about. Would you be willing to come back, first of all? Absolutely. There's so much more we need to talk. Yeah, there there is. And, yeah. and uh, so one of the things that I've been really wanting to do a show on this, and uh, uh, Boyd has a different perspective on it than I do, but I think we could both be right about how they want to crash the financial markets on us um i I think we probably both are right in it because they're going to do a multifaceted attack on it um but also uh when he had talked about you know his experience with the led lighting and stuff like that i happen to have some experience I, i have so many crossover experiences with what boyd has it's kind of amazing to me um but when he says with this led lighting and the Lucifer race in in the injections and stuff like that, uh, I believe it's gonna get really, really interesting. And part of the great deception is people will have some superhuman powers. And you know, on the on the you know, judeo-Christian right, uh, think of that as the manifest sons of God, and on the other side think of it as the ascension you know this uh the great awakening it's all deception they've got one for every personality uh so no one is left behind and that's really the way lucifer works he wants to get all of you and we're going to bring this out uh so you do not fall into the great deception i'll give you the final words
1: oh okay Uh um in numerology, there's a, 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 a satanic meaning, but also a positive meaning. 555 five, five in the uh, Jewish uh, or, or strong definition, uh, it means highest death. Um, and so in the godly earthy world, 555 five, five, uh, simply means accelerate, accelerating the power of the number five. Let's consider how 555 five, five signifies the energy of change. Traditionally, it's a sign of positive changes, bringing you into a greater alignment with your soul purpose and a greater love, vitality and abundance. So the next time you see 555, know that the angels are with you and speaking to you about changes. And there are big changes in store for you, but you need you're meant to be an active participant. In other words, it's a call for you to positively change your life in an uplifting and empowering way rather than a warning that the rug is about to be pulled from under you. That's why to make the most of these times of accelerated changes, it's important to keep asking your angels for guidance, clear direction, and support. 555 means divinely guided changes are unfolding. So keep moving forward on your path, one step at a time. That's on page 235 in my book, I also want to finish it off with a positive note. 537, of course, was the total amount of people on both flights, MH37 and MH17. But when I was 12 years old, I uh, I was becoming a pretty good hockey player, and I was playing with the 16-year-olds one night, and uh, one kid in the audience, in the, in the crowd, after I scored the third goal, he yells out, way to go, Herbie. And that name stuck with me because I reminded him of, Herbie the love bug, you know, he could (laughs) go in and out of traffic. And so uh, uh, that was when I was 12. Uh, Six years later, when I scored those goals, when I was 18, and my number was 537 from my hockey record, five goals in three minutes and seven seconds. Seven years later, uh, uh, or I should say five years later, uh, they come up with a movie. Herbie the love bug goes to Monte Carlo. He's at the starting blocks. And this beautiful little sports coupe pl- uh, pulls up beside him, and Herbie falls in love. And what's the strongest love uh, frequency? Is love
0: five three seven? You got to be kidding me! Yeah, you got to be kidding me. This and for, so different. that was a that was a screenshot, I guess, from the movie. And as Herbie, the love bug number fifty three, in the car beside it. For those of you who are listening, had the number seven because uh,
1: seven on. in the Bible. Is perfection and completion, and and there. This is Donald Trump is a seven seven seven. When he when he was inaugurated on June twenty January twentieth, two thousand seventeen, uh, he was seventy years seventy years old, seven months and seven days.
0: <laughs> it's going to get interesting, folks. Welcome to twenty twenty four hey God bless you all and uh look the, the numerology stuff uh like the occult the occultists believe it and stuff like that they put a lot of measure into it so it's uh it's interesting to certainly report it and uh and we need to pay attention because we can see their plans you know God gives us wisdom uh to see these things so uh we thank you for bringing it all out and for doing such deep research as well Boyd uh, in the meantime hey everyone remember, uh, we get our prayer meeting on Saturday. I hope you can be there this year. You're going to need to pray with us more than you ever should. Uh, 8 PM Saturday night, uh, is our prayer meeting. It's on telegram Sunday morning. I'll be continuing the Bible study, continuing with the sermon on the Mount, uh, speaking Jesus words. And, uh, we'll be back after that. Oh, one more thing, Boyd. Yeah. A couple of things. If anybody
1: needs a book from me direct, cause I can ship them to you quickly, uh, my email is simply BoydAnderson17 at gmail.com, and I'd like to provide you, Jeff, with three other links to go along with my link. One from Amazing Polly, who did a deep dive on Edmonton and the Ukraine. Very important. This is why Stephen Harper sent our military to the Ukraine on January 1st, 2014, and for the cleanup of MH370. And also a very important one that just came out from George Webb, who did the deep dive on Waterloo, Ontario. I lived in, uh, I overlooked the Seagram Barrels Warehouse, or overlooked the Perimeter Institute, Quantum Theoretical Physics. This is where David Johnson, our former governor general, who a criminal, along with Stephen Harper. Uh, it was all about the BlackBerry phone because it runs on a separate military platform. And uh, I can go into more detail on that. On the, next, uh, on the next chat.
0: Wonderful. Uh, so they can email you. What would you give out your email one more time? And I'm assuming if you do that, that you'll sign the book as well.
1: Oh yeah, I'll sign it. You get a nice bookmark. Uh, it's uh, $53 uh, shipping included within Canada uh, or 53 U.S. if I'm going to the U.S. And um, 53 is Herbie's uh, Herbie Lovebugs number. So that's what I charge. Uh, again, my email is Boyd Anderson 17. See, I wore 17 when I scored the goals. And of course 17 is another godly number. Uh, that, that's the 17th letter in the alphabet is Q. And Donald Trump says it all the time. So there's another uh, sort of a divine situation. But yeah, my email is Boyd Anderson17 at gmail.com. Thank Wonderful. you, Jeff. You're awesome.
0: Thanks for being here and everyone. Hey, remember in the meantime, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself and go and make a difference in your community.